0: Is that it? It is a music. bit of six-woman, World Music
1: All right, hello, and welcome back to Gary's Sixth World Music. This is the podcast where we take a deep dive, of course, into the strange world of esoteric music. Uh, If you are a denizen of the sixth world, then this is an easy listening podcast. Uh, However, if you're not, then you may find it off-putting, strange, and perplexing. Um, This music flies in the face of everything that we hold sacred in genre. So we're going to talk about weird, the weirdest of the weird, like what's playing in the background. This is Photek with Niten Ichirayu. So, if this is your first time listening, then hi, I'm your host, Chris Kovaric, the guy behind the curtain of Sixth World Music, a little bit of the Wizard of Oz, I guess you could call me. I'll be reviewing the weirdest music of the week. Um, Think of me as kind of a board member of Sixth World Music, Uh, so I serve the public like a board member, like a mayor or something. Uh, You see, there's a crack team of elite, strange strange, uh, Sixth World Music citizens. They create top fifteen of the uh, of the week for weirdest videos scoured all over the internet, um, well, and, and songs and whatnot. So my humble role here is just to help explain it. I'll tell you why I think it's weird. Um, give you background about the uh, bands that are messi- uh, mentioned, their histories. Um, maybe some light uh, music theory, but I don't like getting too hardcore into that, because not everybody understands that, and also it just doesn't matter that much. Um, So after that, I'm going to update you on weird music news of the week as well. Alright, but before we do any of that, first of all, Gary's asked me to make a few changes. First of all, he wants me to add, to do fewer songs. He said last time it felt kind of rushed. Also, Gary has demanded that I include some plugs for his products um, to generate some income for him. So we're talking advertisements. So I have a few advertisements for this episode actually. So sorry guys, but you know, Gary's got to pay those bills or whatever. (laughs) Um, I'll try to make them interesting reads for you though. Let's get to it. Before we get started, uh, to music reviews, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Gary's back at it again. That's right, I'm talking about Gary's Cash for Placenta. Do you have old placenta just lying around gathering dust? Well let me tell you that these puppies you can turn them into cold hard cash. Now the other thing is that these guys take up a lot of space now, that cool guy garage you got, that macho man, Randy Savage garage you got, well, you don't want it covered in ice boxes and coolers, right, or cryogenic tubes with all your placenta. Instead, I got a great offer for you. Gary's given me permission today to offer cash for these old placenta. You got old stuff, cash, new cash, slimy, cash, decaying, this. Okay. So depending on the size and viscosity, um, Gary will offer anything from $0 to $100 per placenta. Cash. Now, if this applies to you, and I'm sure it does, please send your placentas to 735 North 190th Plaza, Suite A, Omaha, Nebraska. Now, aka, this is the back alley of the Methodist Women's Hospital in Omaha. Cash. What does Gary want with these uh, placenta anyway? It doesn't tell me anything. Sheesh. Alright, welcome back. Alright, so I'm just going to do the first um, top five instead of the whole top 15. Uh, so that's going to start with a little band called Anti-Music. And this song is called Murder... <laughs> it's music to murder your neighbors by. Uh, This is described as industrial gothic noise rock, but again, that's just kind of mm, a suggestion. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Here we go. This is anti-music. That was anti music again with uh, murder to music to murder your neighbors, but I can't say that name. But wow, well, I gotta say, I uh, I was already on board with this band from from the name of the band and and the song. That's great. It's hilarious. <laughs> and these uh, you gotta watch the video too. So number one, the the video is just all like goth stuff, like people in in, uh, one dude in, like, face makeup and white paint and everything, uh, and then he's just kind of looking spooky and saying stuff about (laughs) murder and slicing people up or something, uh, but what's interesting to me about all of this is that there's 92 views, and from what I can tell, anti-music isn't exactly a band, I think it's just the name of the YouTube, uh, account or whatever, I, I don't know. (laughs) There's my dog. Cooper. Um the other weird thing is that Anti Music uh has multiple singers. So the singer for this song is Kilzo, and the lyrics are by someone else named EGG or Egg. Which is more baffling because there's somebody who's singing and then someone else who's writing the lyrics. So Kilzo couldn't come up with his own uh, lyrics for, for this song. Isn't that weird? It's kind of kind of weird. <laughs> uh, so they have a, a lot of different uh, songs on this uh, anti-music account on YouTube. Uh, and Each one only has like 50 views. I, I like am perplexed by these guys. I don't know where they came from or why but it's awesome, uh, so I'm definitely on board, I love these guys, make more music, dudes, like, it's great, uh, uh, oh, the other thing, let's see, some of the choice songs that they have, let me, let me just read off a couple of these, because they're pretty good, uh, Infinite, Infinity Forever, Infinity Forever, rather, uh, Enemy of Reality, All right, let's hear like the last little little part here. check this out. Now this is the new Blockaders. Uh, The song's called History of Nothing. So let's listen to uh, just a little bit here. There we go. All right, let's talk about them for a little bit and then we'll go back to a different sample. This is a whole uh, this is a whole album, The uh, History of Nothing from 2001. But so these guys, yes, yes, oh God, yes. Uh, to really get into the, what these guys are about, their ethos, you got to go way, way back to 1913. There is this guy who was named Luigi Russolo, Luigi Russolo. He was a futurist and experimentalist. Uh, And if you're a good Italian boy like Luigi back in the uh, early 1900s, then the best way to state your ethos is to write a letter about it to your homeboy. And that's just what he did. Uh, Old Luigi wrote this uh, letter about what kind of music he likes and what what he thinks modern music should be in 1913. And this letter, this love letter, basically becomes the... Art of Noise Manifesto. <clears throat> uh, so in it he says that basically due to people living in increasingly fast and industrialized worlds, um, that we should make fast and noisy music to accompany that, right? So it's like art should mirror reality, mirror life. And so he's saying we don't live in beautiful... Uh, we don't live in, like, the forest anymore. We don't view beauty in the same way. We're just constantly hearing noise and barraged by that. So, art should reflect that. So, yes. Excellent idea. This leads to, basically, becoming huge influence on people like Terry Riley and John Cage and Pierre Schaeffer, And then, you know, from them it comes into the real in- interesting stuff like industrial greats such as Einsteins de Neubauten and Can, and all those good guys. Now let me show you So that's Luigi Russolo Rous- with um, "Risveglio di une quita. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's very... That's 1913? That is crazy. That's crazy wild stuff. It looks like he, he has some weird custom instruments that he made as well. I don't know much about this guy other than the Art of, art of uh, Noise manifesto, but very interesting nonetheless. So let's get back to our boys here the new blockaders though So can you hear it? Can you hear that that influence of those early experimentalists, those noise experimentalists? Ah, it's so good. Cause he basically, you know, skipped, I would say, the classic industrial stuff and just went to the the source. <laughs> went to this 1913 Art of Noise Manifesto. Uh used it for all of their ethos. Very awesome. Uh and also, like, they just have like some unique noise stuff in there, like, like there's like, it sounds like a squeaky shoe or something, like, like, like somebody running on uh, with like new sneakers, on a basketball court or something. <laughs> uh, now, new blockaders, I love you guys. I just wish I wasn't forty years late because <laughs> these guys were making stuff in their heyday in the eighties. I guess they're still. Making stuff relatively... relatively recently? Meh. Whatever. Okay. So, we got some classics so far, for sure. But now, this next one... Absolutely everybody has heard of this band. But, they might not know how freaking weird they are when you really take even a shallow dive into their discography. So, we're talking about Soft Cell, and the song is Martin. So, this is synth pop, this is minimal, this is new wave, but the theme, I would say, is what makes it pretty crazy, and and some of the instrumentation and everything. Okay, let's check it out. This is Soft Cell with Martin. So Soft Cell I think a lot of people don't realize how crazy Soft Cell soft really is <laughs> And was So imagine, if you will A time, a simpler time The 80s, no actually they're pretty complicated But uh You're Soft Cell, you come out with Tainted Love You have a hit your, your first album came out and it didn't really go anywhere But this one, boom You have an international hit Everybody loves Tainted Love Even now you can cut a rug and listen to Tainted Love. Like right now at a club. They're they're gonna play Tainted Love. So. You're the biggest band in the world at that moment. Well, maybe top five or something. Uh and the album you release with it is called Nonstop Erotic Cabaret. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Uh and guess what? On that album? With your major hit, The Tainted Glove. You also have a song about uh, S&M and dwarfs. That song, of course, is called Sex Dwarf. <laughs> uh, the reviews uh, are not into that, by the way. Even, even in the 80s. They say that this is lewd, and it's shallow, and it's just uh, hollow sex and drugs and stuff and nothing else. Uh, so reviewers do not like it. <laughs> uh, again, even in the 80s, dude, like, come on, so what do you do if you're soft cell? You're like, okay, we had the hit, we did it, what do you do next? What's your next album gonna be? Well, if you're soft cell or Mark Almond especially, uh, you double down, more sex, more drugs, more shallowness, uh, <laughs> and by the way, the, uh, the album, let's see, what is it called? Ah, uh, it's called, like, The Art of Falling Apart, yeah, Uh, and so it's called that because the band literally falls apart, almost, the, the album almost doesn't come out, so a lot to do with, uh, drug problems for Mark Almond, I guess, but that's pretty, uh, pretty bold, all the sex and weird, uh, you know, neon colored, uh, (laughs) You gotta see, <laughs> you do yourself a favor and watch the video for Sex Dwarf, man. That's good. <laughs> now, this song also, let's get back to this song about its controversy. So, it's controversial because it's looking a little sympathetically um, at the murderer in the film uh, Martin by George Romero. You know, the guy who did um, Night of the Living Dead. So long story short, that um, that movie is about a dude who thinks he's a vampire. He like murders people, drinks their blood. There's like a graphic rape scene. Uh, so pretty horrible. Uh, and so Soft Cell says, ah, let's make a let's make a song about that guy. <laughs> yeah, and I I love those like ap- apocalyptic strings that come in. Doodoo dood, doodoo dood, doodoo dood, doodoo dood. like they're they're actually really awesome musicians too uh not knocking them at all all right let's, let's listen to a little bit more and then we'll talk about well, we're already on number two geez
2: something shining in his eyes. Shivering lust for blood He's the star of many horror movies But deep inside he's good There's an illness flowing through him That's a zone
1: Oh, man, I love that synth in there, too. The... Ah, it sounds very... Uh, I think I think it's a Roland. I'm going to call it. it. sounds like a Roland, like an SH-101 or a System 100. Love those, like, squelchy little, like... Bouncy... Yeah, the, the bouncy... It, it sounds like Roland. Anyway, uh, good stuff. SoftSol in the, the picture too for this album makes them look a lot like MGMT. I feel like MGMT takes a lot of notes from them in fact. All right so let's... Ah, I could talk about SoftSol forever. Love those guys. Okay here we go. Here we go. Number two. Let's talk about Sun Ra. So this is a pick uh, that I had. Um, so it's I Am an Instrument. Uh, So I describe this as space bebop and jazz madness kind of like space madness, but instead it's like jazz madness Alright This is a very brief song
3: I am an instrument Of my voice flies with the winds of heaven. I belong to one who is more than a musician. He is an artist. I live to be his pleasure. I do not flee from him when he comes to me, for instruments are not sufficient in themselves, they are cold and lifeless without the touch of hands and mine
1: God is holds myself
3: tenderly in his hands
1: Uh <laughs> So first of all Sun Ra this guy is the epitome of everything he's he's just amazing <laughs> So he's this alien from Saturn He's a poet he's a jazz musician and he's into Egyptian shit and afrofuturism uh, he, by the way, he was a skilled pianist by the time he was 11, and he had a nickname, actually, of Sunny, right? So now, later, when he gets into Egyptian stuff, he goes, cuts the E part, so now he's Son, instead of Sunny Son, and then Ra, Egyptian, for the sun. so he's Son, Son. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh... But why I say that he's an alien from Saturn is that he described a time in... uh, I want to say the 30s? Something like that? Uh, He claimed to... After dropping out of college, by the way, he got into meditation. So he was in this deep trance. And he claimed that he got teleported to Saturn. He got brought in front of, like, a couple alien dudes... They told him all this stuff. He was like, like imagine uh, that Twilight Zone episode where you know you're the like you're in the zoo, man, and like you're the animal. It's like that kind of thing. But it seemed like they were friendly aliens. Uh, what's interesting about that too is that this was before a lot of a lot of like alien hype stuff that happened in like the '50s and '60s. Uh, yeah, '60s especially. So it was well before all that, so he just, I don't know, I, I kind of believe him, man, he's awesome. Okay, the other interesting thing, oh yeah, he also had uh, cryptokidism, cryptochidism, cryptochidism, cryptochid. anyway, it means that he only has one testicle, so it can vary a lot, like, so it can, like, be that the testicle is, like, in a different part of your body, um, or it could just not be there at all, but he was really sensitive about it, so, I mean, I don't, I don't want to make fun of him about it, but it's, I think it's really cool, though, you know, he's, like, overcoming, you know, very awesome, um, now check it out, uh, he also, it's very, uh, unclear about when he was born, so up until, like, just a few years ago, it was completely unknown when he was born. And they. Some historians seem to have tracked it down to probably 1914 or 1915. But just the fact that it was hard to track down, like, he would never say in interviews, like, he would never. never say, and people had to dig it up, you know, after he died. Okay. So there's that song, right? That's very strange. But now. He can also do some straight up amazing jazz. of sunology from the album from 1957 uh sun raw supersonic jazz yeah so he can this dude can do anything in my book man he's like like that sounds to me like you know some classic Thelonious Monk era stuff or, or Miles davis he's he's up there with those guys uh now the story about this song in particular is that <laughs> this one is also very strange is appropriate because it's from a lost like singles EP or something it's like an early recording and the main song is called I Am Strange and so this one I Am An Instrument is a b-side to I Am Strange Uh, so this came out for the first time in like 2009 even though it was probably recorded in maybe the 60s in the height of his like psychedelic drugged out San Francisco phase which must have been just great. <laughs> uh, okay. Where were we? Okay.
3: it's without the touch of hands and mine. God is holds myself tenderly in his hands. First, he touches the strings of my heart. fine if they are in tune with the universe then suddenly vibrant thought strikes the air and music from the world of time and space is born
1: yeah oh the other thing about him real quick is that he uh, was born in Alabama I believe Yeah, so in the meantime, while he was doing all this crazy stuff, uh, he was going to college there, he was uh, playing piano, he was into Egyptian stuff and seeing aliens and stuff. This is like Alabama, the South, in like the 30s. And so (laughs) uh, I can only imagine how crazy that was. Uh, Well, I mean, I know a little bit about how crazy it was because when he would perform even he wouldn't be able to talk to the audience he wouldn't be able to interact with people he would just play and that would be it uh which is just awful like as soon as he could he he moved away from there like he went to um went to chicago for a while he went to new york new york he went to san francisco so it's just amazing that he was able to (laughs) to get out of that like it's horrible yeah um But yeah, fabulous guy, that's Sun Ra, solid, solid dude. Alright, we're going to have to take a break here, guys. We're going to get a break for uh, some advertisements, please stick around for those. Um, And then we'll get to the top one, number one, what's it going to be? You probably already know. (laughs) Alright, we'll be right back after these brief messages. Hey time travelers and interdimensional beings, do you not have a gift yet for your summer solstice? Well, what are you gonna get your loved one, dummy? God, you're so stupid. Hey, hey, come here. Shh. Yeah, I got a secret. It's gonna save you, buddy. It's called Gary's Rebirthing Emporium. I know what you're thinking. Doctors say that that kind of stuff is pseudoscience or counterproductive or criminally actionable. Well, here's the thing. Gary gets around all that by not being a doctor at all. He's unlicensed. So he's going to pass those savings on to you. Ethics regulations are a scam by the government. Think about it. And who's fronting that bill? You, the consumer. Gary's rebirthing emporium. We can cure you or your loved one of the following. Fat. Psychic fever. Horror breath. Lazy cerebellum. The dum-dums. Snap, crackle, and pop-itis. Skin shedding. That's too much or too little skin shedding, by the way and the common cold. Now try going to a doctor for a fix for any of that, and they're going to laugh in your face. Uh, why don't you exercise more? Uh, why don't you go do something with your life? Get out there. Duh, duh, I'm a doctor, duh. Yeah screw that guy. So qualifications are simple. You must be less than 700 pounds, or if you have twins, then you gotta be, well sorry, if you are a twin. then you gotta be a, co- a combined, uh, combined total of less than 700 pounds. I mean, that's fair, right? Gary's rebirthing emporium. Now our methods are simple pseudoscience. We have procured the finest placenta from Nebraska and we attach those to you. Then we use our patented artificial amniotic fluid created by Gary himself. Now I can't, I can't tell you today what's in that. It's a proprietary thing, but I will say That it's noted for its orange flavoring and exceptional slipperiness all of this is housed in a beautiful chamber with underwater speakers and it simulates real conversations that you had in the womb now here's a sample does this sound familiar make that drink a double i'm drinking for two now i just want it out (laughs) now normally this is going to cost you guys it'll cost you like fifteen hundred dollars and two souls of the innocent But today, I'm offering you a promo code with SWM. That stands for Six World Music, of course. Um, So you enter that promo code to receive 50% off today. Now, it's simple to sign up. Just send your money to 735 North, 190th Plaza, Suite B, Omaha, Nebraska. This is the front door of the Women's Methodist Hospital, of course. I'll see you in the sack. I knew that Gary was up to something with those placentas. All right, welcome back. This is all Apex Twin songs played simultaneously. This is our number one pick for the week. Yeah, so, uh, check it out. Now, if you listen to that whole thing, it's about uh, 11 and a half minutes. If you listen to that whole thing, you will have listened to all Aphex Twin songs, and you can brag about it to everybody. Um, (laughs) That was literally every song by him at once. Aphex Twin, of course, is the seminal duo from Liverpool. Uh, You got Mord on keys. You got Gerd on drums and Vokes. These guys are consistently in the zeitgeist. It seems uh, of electronic experimentalism. <clears throat> so much so that people, I I would say, people could probably label him avant-garde because where he goes, people tend to follow. You know what I mean? <laughs> but what is the difference between ex- experimental and an avant-garde? I guess it's when you when you're going out with a plan you know, but you're pushing the limits, that's avant-garde, and when you're experimenting, it's that you don't know what the result's going to be, so I th- I would say that he is a pretty solid experimentalist, just from what it seems like his process is, but I don't know. Meh. Nah. <laughs> it's pretty, uh, it could go either way. Um, now, I think that Aphex Twin realizes their own prolificness, um... I think that they try to do things that are unexpected, and he he does things that are just um, interesting choices. So, I think um, because of that reason, I like him a lot. Uh, his his album from two thousand sixteen, I want to say, was called Cheetah, and so he was inspired to make <laughs> to make this album by this this horrible Cheetah synthesizer, the uh, the MS eight hundred. Uh, I've never used one, but just from looking at it, just from kind of reading specs on it, looking at it, it seems like horrible to program. Like, it's a a huge chore to make it do anything worthwhile. Um, And it's also just a cold digital synth that's like, even if you like cook some stuff out of it, it's kind of like, why? Why? You could just open up Fruity Loops or, or Ableton or whatever and make something... That sounds better and quicker, you know? <laughs> but why I think he did it is to prove that he could, you know, just for... Just going for the the less-traveled route, whatever. The... yeah. The path, whatever that, that saying is. <laughs> um, and by the way, if you haven't ever... Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, like think about, like, a microwave's buttons, right? Those annoying little, like, uh, not real buttons, so that's, like, old school synths have stuff like that, with no, like, like, all these deep menus you have to dive through, and with only buttons, is, like, awful. I have a, I have this synth called, a uh, CZ101, it's a Casio, but it's actually a really cool synth, and it kind of does, uh, has a unique synthesis method called phase distortion. But anyway, the programming on that is pretty obnoxious, too. There's only buttons, so you have to like, you know, go from 0 to 99 by pressing a button. Think about that. That's not fun. <laughs> uh, and so that already kills me, and it's not even that deep of many dives. Classically, 80s synths uh, were heavy in frequency modulation or FM synthesis. And that is also famously horrible to program. I have a, a tiny Volca FM, so I got a taste of that. And I basically just don't know what I'm doing. Speaking of experimental, experimentalism, I'm just kind of going in blind and liking the results every once in a while. <laughs> uh, but apparently the Cheetah synth is worse than that. So I can't even imagine how much worse. So let me, let me show you his, his album with this horrible synth that I'm talking about. So this is Cheetah. This is off of Cheetah. Uh, it's called Cheetah Two. So yeah, he makes that synth sound awesome there, man. It's great. Uh, so what a cool guy! What a cool guy! It's been around forever. I mean, forever meaning the '90s. <laughs> but yeah, check him out. He's he's a number one for a reason. He's great. All right. All right. Now it's time for news from Gary's basement. So, right off the top, there was this awesome uh, convention in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It was the Obey Convention, so in Canada, last week. So, it featured such noise artists as Debbie Friday and Koreatown Acid, two uh, favorites on Sixth World Music. Um, and so I read that Debbie played the world's biggest synthesizer. It's pretty awesome. Uh, if anybody was there and knows more info, please email me about it. I will say, though, uh, that's at um, gary 6 Music at gmail.com, by the way. I will say, though, that this week's biggest oopsies comes from this festival as well. Um, apparently, if you go to their website, if you if you look up Obey, Obey Convention Canada, you'll notice on the very front page it says, uh, apology. <laughs> so, apparently, they got some flack for an event called the Gay Gorilla uh, so just read their apology actually why don't I read it real quick public apology on Sunday June 2nd ni- 2019 as part of our 12th annual festival we hosted an event called Gay Gorilla Julius Eastman featuring the work of the late artist Julius Eastman uh, a queer black composer based primarily in downtown New York City until his passing in 1991 this event was led by Mary Jane Leach or Leek a composer, researcher, and friend of Julius Eastman, and was facilitated by Nevi from We Are Missing, uh, a collaborative community project that aims to create QTB IPOC programming in Kijula I don't know. So this event caused direct harm to those involved, those in attendance, and to the broader communities surrounding the organization. We recognize that the name uh, (laughs) this as an instance uh, Wait, we recognize and name this as an instance of anti-black racism. We accept full responsibility for this harm and intend to take measures of accountability and transparency moving forward. Man. Alright, in other news, Danzig, the old singer from Misfits, uh, has had a directorial debut. So, he made a movie called... Uh, Veronica. Apparently it's really bad. (laughs) Like, so bad that it's good again. Like, it's being called already the uh, horror version of The Room. Um, (laughs) Apparently apparently there's something like, instead of nipples, this girl has eyeballs on her nipples or something. But I guess all of the themes, it's basically like a three-part short story thing and so i guess the problem is it's it's basically like like b average b movie sci-fi plots some sort of interesting kind of fun and slapstick but the problem is the acting and some of the writing i guess so danzig can <laughs> danzig takes blame for the writing for sure but the acting yeah that sounds great i can't wait to watch that okay Oh, here's a crazy one. So, it was revealed from Universal Records that in 2008, um, there was a fire that destroyed a lot of original recordings of famous stuff. So, bands didn't even know, I guess, that their originals were destroyed until last week. So, I'm talking people like Tupac, R.E.M., The Roots, Nirvana, uh, a huge bunch of old jazz recordings. Like, they could have Sun Ra, man. Uh, apparently, it's in the 175,000 range of records being destroyed. So this is, like, a catastrophe, 500,000 songs-ish. Uh, and why this matters, by the way, is that whenever, like, a band does a reissue, or whenever they do a box set or whatever, and they have, like, oh alternate takes, or they have unreleased songs, or unreleased, uh, outtakes, or whatever. Uh, that's because they're taking stuff from the original recordings and squeezing out more stuff finding stuff that that the band didn't end up up using but still could be really good stuff so that's the kind of stuff that was lost which really sucks because REM I know was going to come out with Monster, a reissue of Monster and there was going to be new material in there so I hope that that wasn't affected because that'd be a bummer Okay. Weird politics time. Uh Uh-oh. Alex Jones accidentally sent child pornography to the Sandy Hook survivors. This is while being sued by the uh, parents of the Sandy Hook survivors. So, predictably, Alex Jones says that it's set up by the Democrats, and they're trying to frame him, and that he doesn't like child pornography. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So the best part about uh, being a conspiracy theorist is that when stuff goes wrong, you just say it's a conspiracy, of course, yeah. So what What an asshole. Um, also, news, Pride Month is still happening, yes! So go do something nice for LGBTQ people. Come on, you goon, go do something nice! Also, since it is June, you know what that means. That means that it is the month of death in June! Death in June are a controversial band. <laughs> no doubt. Um... I guess uh, they have a lot of questionable uh, (laughs) ties with Nazi sympathies and everything. But I think, from what I can tell from interviews and stuff, I don't think that they truly are Nazis. At least I hope not. Okay, so, but it is their month, it is Death in June, so let's check it out. This is my favorite song by them. This is Fields. I mean, this has a pretty positive message, it's all about no more war. So we're going to play this out, guys, but I want to say, please send me emails. Um, What should I review next? Uh, What weird news do you got for me? Maybe you have some insider info. So if you have any questions or comments or whatever, just say hi. Send that to gary6thworldmusic at gmail.com. That's gary6thworldmusic at gmail.com.